Amen. Let's go to the Lord of Prayer. I'm going to call on uh, Brother Michael. You with us in the Lord of Prayer. Heavenly Father, we bow this morning thankful, Father, with all the promises You've made. Yes. Father, that we know that You're able to keep them. Father, from day to day, grace to eternal life. We thank You for those promises that we stand on. Father, thank You for allowing us to be back with the church family. Father, we'll invite Your Spirit to be one among yes, us. God, Father, if there be a message, would You give our pastor that that he needs? Father, would You open his mind to Your Word? Father, make preaching easy for me. Be with the prayer requests made. Father, help us all that we mortify our flesh. Father, most of all, that people can see you in our lives. This next week we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Look to page. Chris and Marilyn were just playing this song just a minute ago. I don't know. If, I know we hadn't seen it, but and I have not seen this song, but it's going to be your song to me. Look to page 290. Y'all were just playing that. <laughs> Wonderful peace. <coughs>
page, grab your celebration hymnal. Look to page 778. 778. Sweet by and by.
Sister Linda, the question of that song was How Firm. How Foundation. How Firm Foundation. What a great song. Thank you so much. I'm recruiting people as we do this. I'm peace, peace in the valley. Peace in the valley, yeah. We'll just do what? church and I, I went with her a few times and, and 
and then one day the Lord just spoke to me and He said, today's your day. And I, I barely do it and remember going down to the altar, but I remember what happened when I got there. And it wasn't long till Lisa and I started doing stuff together and got to be closer and she said, why don't you come with me? And I came and and we'd sit right there, Robert and Dale, and then me and Lisa and Bo when he was home from school. You know, we, that was our spot. And I, I went for a long time, about a year, before I joined the church. And I've told you all this before, but we were over at Robert and Dale's house. Brother Morris said, when are you going to join the church? And I said, well, I just hadn't thought about it. He said, the church needs you. And I just thought that nobody's ever needed me before. I'm so worthless. And, but the next Sunday, I joined the church. And I remember going down to the river being baptized. And what a stable that was in my life. And then God's been with me ever since then. He's been Bobby here. And, and just people have come and gone. And now all these sweet people are here and just filling those spots. And, it just lets me know when I'm gone. There's going to be somebody slide right in there and, and hold the banner sure. and stand in the hedge. And I'm so thankful for that because I've got grandchildren that need to be saved. And I'm going to have some great-grandchildren one of these days that I may not even know that need to be saved. And I just want this church to be carrying the banner and holding it up high in the name of Jesus. When I'm long gone, Brother Michael said this morning, we'll be forgotten. It won't be 25 years. It won't even be 10 after we're gone sometimes that we're forgotten. People don't even know who we are, but our testimony will stand. And it'll yes. stand with our children, and it'll stand with our grandchildren that we brought them to church, and we prayed for them. And one of these days, they're going to be saved, and I'm just Amen. so thankful this morning. Amen. God bless you, sister. Anyone else? Lord. Mind the Lord this morning. Amen. Thank God for this sweet, sweet spirit. Anyone else? Can we stand and sing victory in Jesus? We sure can. We sure can.
saying. Y'all can be there. God bless Y'all need to testify now. Mind God, do what God would have you to do. You'll get a blessing out of it, and we surely will too. Amen. I think so. God bless you. Thank you for asking for this song. us a winner not because of anything outstanding that we've done but because of the free gifts from him I thought uh, about it brother Michael was teaching in Sunday school talking about the wages of sin and the free gift of God uh, we we uh, when we sin and go to things of this world and people are doing it they're earning their wages death today but this free gift of God that was given by Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross it's not anything that we earn and we would have been doomed without it I'm persuaded to believe that with all my heart that we would have been doomed without it Sister Maggie I appreciate you singing that song uh, Peace in the Valley and uh, to think about the lion and the lamb laying down beside one another. Oh, and I can't help but think, back over in the Garden of Eden, uh, Brother Michael brought out a, a, a wonderful illustration of what the Garden of Eden was prior to sin coming into it. And uh, uh, he, he made mention that probably there was a deer over there just grazing, just at peace with humans and everything around. And, and, and as soon as they partook of that forbidden tree, uh, there's no doubt that deer looked up and took off and ran and, and has been from that day forward. Uh, but I'm glad we're headed for a place where, uh, and I'm glad that I can experience some peace Amen. in the valley uh, from the Lord today. You know, if it weren't for the valleys that we go through, I might get less dependent upon God. Yeah. If everything was a mountaintop all the time, uh, I know in my flesh that I would get less dependent upon God, but I'm, I'm thankful for the valleys today that He allows us to go through uh, to help humble us and to help us realize how much uh, that we need Him. 
uh, uh, today. But uh, it's good to see each one of you, and I love you. It's good to have the Washington back with us uh, today. Missed them last week, and and uh, we're thankful for everyone that's here. Won't you continue to pray for uh, uh, Brother Michael and uh, Sister Allison? They got back safely from their trip. But like a lot of folks that go on a cruise, they come back sick. And uh, so uh, but, but please uh, pray for Brother Michael. I don't think Allison's sick, but Michael is. So pray for them. And we miss them. Any others that are not uh, here today. Uh, but in the third chapter of Jonah, if you would like to turn in your Bibles uh, to the third chapter, um, and... Uh, Kind of, kind of, kind of situation where the Lord's giving me some scripture, but really hadn't set me on a thought. So, uh, uh, you pray for us for just a few minutes that uh, God would help us to uh, do that, to say that, that He would have us to say, and that we'd not, uh, we'd not stand up here any longer than He would have us to, uh, uh, but we would not sit down any sooner uh, uh, than He would have us to. Uh, but we just do that that God would, would have us to do. And uh, also want to appreciate each and everybody's participation in our trunk or treat yesterday. And we had a great time and a good turnout and, and uh, had fun and appreciate each and every one for the effort that you put in uh, into that. <clears throat> but over in the third chapter, uh, it reads like this. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and he laid his robe from him and covered uh, him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will will repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not. And God saw their works and they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them and he did it not. And very familiar scripture uh, uh, as we read here and a lot of times when we're, uh, when we're reading in the book of uh, Jonah we dwell more about uh, Jonah running uh, uh, from the face of the Lord and about how that God had told him to, to go to Nineveh and to cry uh, under that great city. I believe the wickedness of Nineveh had come up before God and he, uh, uh, and he sent Jonah. And we know uh, that the first time that this took place, uh, that Jonah reneged. And, and uh, uh, instead of going... Uh, to, uh, to Nineveh, the Bible said that he caught a ship going to Tarshish. And uh, I used to think that maybe the reason that Jonah was not excited about going and preaching at Nineveh was because he thought maybe the way a lot of us Baptist preachers think today, uh, uh, Lord, if we go over there, they're not going to hear it. So they're, just, they're not going to accept what we're preaching. But that wasn't the deal here with, with, with Jonah. Jonah had a fear that they were going to repent. He really did. The Jews 
uh, were not real thrilled about the Gentiles, and and uh, 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 Nineveh was a great Gentile city. It was a large uh, Gentile city. I think the Bible uh, describes it as a, a, a three days journey across this across this city, and uh, uh, Jonah was not. Uh, real excited about going over there and, and preaching to them. Not because he thought they wouldn't hear, but because Jonah felt like they were not deserving of God's grace. I believe that's, if we really boil it down, that's what we could, uh, uh, what we could say. And, and uh, 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 as we begin to look, and, and we know that, that, uh, that Jonah fleed in the, in the ship to Tarshish and that we know the story how he went down into the uh, lower part of the ship and he slept uh, probably trying to get his mind off of uh, running from God. He knew he was fleeing from God and the great storm that uh, the Lord sent upon the waters there that beat upon the ship uh, the Bible even says that it was so great that the ship uh, was to be broken. That's how uh, bad it was. And, and the mariners on the ship uh, did everything that they could do to try to uh, save themselves and the ship. And they cast the wares of the ship. You know it's pretty bad uh, when you're willing to throw your valuables overboard to save your life. You know that it's pretty bad. Then they were, uh, they were doing this, but the more they did it, the worse the storm got. And uh, the Bible teaches us that they uh, went down and they, uh, they found Jonah there uh, uh, in the uh, bottom of the ship. And uh, they said, oh, sleeper, uh, said, come and call upon your God. They were calling upon their God. They wanted him to call upon his God uh, that he might stop this storm and this uh, uh, danger that was coming towards them. And then the Bible said that they cast lots to find out who it was on the ship. I, I don't think this storm came with warning. I think it just came up all of a sudden. And I think these mariners knew uh, that this was an act of God that was happening to them. And I, I feel like they were wise enough to know that somebody on the ship, uh, uh, by disobedience to God, was bringing this wrath upon them. And so the lot fell upon Jonah. They asked him, who are you? Where do you come from? What's your occupation? What are you doing? And uh, Jonah was honest with them. And he told them uh, that he had told them before that he was fleeing uh, from the presence of God. And, and uh, they didn't want to throw him overboard. They wanted to try uh, with all their might to row that ship and to, and to save it. Uh, but Jonah told them uh, that they'd have to throw him overboard. Basically, to get a calm from the storm. And the Bible said that they uh, threw him overboard and then they asked God uh, not to hold them guilty for the blood uh, on their hands from this man. But this was all in God's plan today. God had a great fish. Jesus called it a well uh, that he had prepared there uh, to swallow up Jonah uh, after he was cast uh, off the ship and and we realize that uh, for three days and three nights uh, Jonah had a little time to get right with God amen he had a little convincing from God uh, that he would do that uh, that God sent him to do God showed him uh, I'm sure that Jonah would have rather been dead but instead uh, God let him sit there and see what it was like in the disgusting deplorable belly of the whale and I can only imagine what was in the whale's belly there that, uh, that Jonah witnessed but during that time he began to see clearer how serious that God was about this thing amen and the Bible said after three days and three nights that that whale spit him out upon land I'm going to tell you God was showing Jonah mercy here I mean giving him a second chance uh, how many times uh, the Lord has given me a second chance when I reneged on the first time and by his mercy and grace uh, he gave me a second chance and he would have been just 
in just destroying me. Uh, amen. And so uh, <coughs> we read there uh, that, that Jonah uh, goes and uh, God doesn't give him the message to preach until he gets over there to Nineveh. Oh, he gets over there. I believe it said uh, he was on the first day's journey into, into Nineveh there. And the, and the Bible uh, teaches us that he uh, he began to uh, tell these people uh, that they were going to be uh, destroyed or they were going to be overcome within 40 days and God shall overthrow uh, this city. And uh, there's never any instance of Jonah ever telling them about repenting uh, or ever doing any kind of miracle like the other prophets did before the Jews there. A lot of times Elijah and the other prophets they would perform miracles and some people even in seeing those miracles still didn't believe and trust in God and so uh, here was little old Jonah a stranger uh, to the city of Nineveh and he uh, he was crying that in 40 days uh, uh, this city shall be overthrown uh, and the Bible doesn't record anywhere uh, where Jonah told them uh, of what they must do uh, uh, to prevent uh, this destruction uh, that was coming. All Jonah said, how uh, was it coming? Amen. Amen. And the Bible teaches us, amen. <laughs> Boy, I'm glad that God didn't change the message between the first time that he told Jonah to go and to preach up the Nineveh. He didn't change the message the second time to appease Jonah. A lot of us preachers, a lot of times, God will give us something to preach and it ain't exactly in our mind what we want to preach and we'll ask God to maybe amend it for us a little bit, soften it up just a little bit. Uh, but God didn't do that. He sent the same message to this city that he was sending the first time that Jonah elected not to go. Amen. And so when he got over there, and he began uh, to, uh, to 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 uh, uh, warn these folks and to tell these folks uh, uh, that this over uh, that they were going to be overtaken. Amen. Uh, and I'm going to tell you how uh, uh, these people didn't try to bargain uh, uh, with God, uh, uh, but they immediately uh, uh, got saw where they were uh, and they took this warning. Uh, I guess you could say they were scared straight. Uh, and they begin to get in sackcloth and they begin to get in ashes. Amen. The Bible said that there was one went to the king and told him what was happening out in the streets. He didn't go like a lot of those Jews did when they'd come back to the king. They didn't go and say, there's some maniac out here uh, causing a disturbance uh, in our streets. Uh, uh, but I believe the messenger went to the king of Nineveh uh, and said, God has sent a message. Uh, amen. Uh, I believe that's the way uh, that he went to the king. Uh, and the Bible said uh, uh, that the king uh, took off of his king's raiment. Uh, amen. Uh, and began to humble himself. Uh, and he began to cover himself in sackcloth uh, and in ashes, which is all only an outward appearance of an inward condemnation. Amen. 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 What was happening in the king's heart? Amen. He was showing outwardly by the putting on of the sackcloth and the ashes today. Amen. I'm glad that has been mentioned before, baptism is an outward appearance of an inward change in our life uh, today. Amen. Oh, what a king uh, that they had over there. Amen. The Bible uh, teaches us that he, he made a decree. He proclaimed a fast. Amen. Amen. And uh, not only that man should refrain from eating anything or drinking anything, but even the beast that they had over there were not to eat or to drink. I believe the king was serious. Amen. In showing God that they were truly repentant of their evil. Right. Yeah. You got to understand that this was a wicked, wicked city. 
There was a lot of things going on there. So wicked that their wickedness had come up before the Lord. Maybe, just maybe, the Ninevites remembered Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities over there. How that their wickedness came up before God. And how that God rained fire and brimstone and destroyed those cities. Maybe that's what it was that caused these Ninevites to be so quick to repent. Now in God's mercy, He said 40 days and this city shall be overthrown. Boy, I'm going to tell you, that's mercy, isn't it? That's mercy. And I don't believe that the Ninevites waited till the 39th day to live fat, dumb, and happy for a while and on the 39th day go and repent. But I believe that when Jonah came in there preaching that, that they took warning and they took heed of that. I'm going to tell you something today. We need, a, we need more folks scared straight today. It'll make a difference in folks' life. Amen. A lot of folks will say, preacher, don't, uh, don't preach strong to my children, amen. And certainly don't mention hell or blood uh, to my children. But uh, today, we, uh, we've got to get the message across amen. that we're serving a God of wrath today. Yeah. He's a God of love, no doubt. Love that surpasses all understanding. But you're only reading part of the Bible when you leave out the wrath of God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Boy, I can, I can see these folks. Amen. And they commence to repent. <laughs> you know, when the prophets came to the Jews, to their own people, not only did they warn them, but they showed them with signs and with wonders the power that God had given the prophets over there. Jezebel was stubborn. Amen. She knew Elijah and the power that he had with God. Yet one of the last things she said is she made a threat, a death threat on his life. By the next day, I believe it was. That's when Jonah, or that's when Elijah got up under the juniper tree and began to have a pity party. But these Gentiles over here that were living wicked, they took the first warning that came. The first warning that came. I don't believe Jonah had to do anything spectacular to show them that he was a prophet of God. In fact, somehow or another they overcome Jonah's attitude. Even though he went this second time and he cried out to Nineveh, if you go on and read the last chapter of this, you will find that his heart wasn't fully in it. His heart wasn't fully in it. The Bible teaches us that after he went into Nineveh and cried in that city, that he went out of the city a little ways and perched on a hill, counting down the 40 days. And he was going to watch God bring destruction upon that city. But what happened was what Jonah knew was going to happen. The reason he didn't go. They repented. They repented. They made a public showing of a change in their heart. They took the message and they went from being the gross sinners that they were to repenting, being fearful of God. The Bible teaches us that the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. We can't understand God. We can't, we can't know anything about God till we first fear who He is. 
and the power that he has. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And Jonah sat over there. He watched these people repent. Amen. And I probably thought to himself, yeah, they did exactly what I thought they were going to do. And we know the story how that he was over there and he was being blistered by the sun and the wind. And God sent a gourd there and the leaves of the vine to shade Jonah over there. And Jonah was so thankful and exceedingly glad for the, for the gourd that God had made. And then overnight, God withered that gourd with a worm. A worm got in the roots of it. He caused it to die and wither. And God let Jonah see how that Jonah had more concern for a gourd than he did for all those people in the city of Nineveh. But if folks are going to get saved today, if folks are going to repent, they've got to get scared straight. Amen. They've got to have fear of what they're living in. Every time that I see the world and I see folks that can come in and out of church houses and continue to live in the wicked state that they're living, amen, I feel like as a preacher that I fail. Amen. Get them scared straight today. I remember seeing a program one time years ago when I was young, and I think the name of it was Scared Straight. And what they did was they took these teenagers, these young people that were just starting to get into some trouble, just starting to break the law, maybe had not done anything real big, but they were headed down the pathway, going the wrong direction. And in this documentary, they took these young people and they took them to a federal prison. And probably they picked one of, the, one of the worst ones, one of the most renowned prisons to take them to. They didn't butter it up. They didn't try to make anything easy for these young people. But they let them walk down the hallways of these cells. And they let these young people get a taste of what it's like in prison. And not only what it's like to be there yourself, but what you have to witness and hear from the other prisoners. And in this documentary, as they walked them down the halls, and these prisoners couldn't touch them, but they were reaching just as far as they could reach out the jail cells. Some of the men were saying things that were just despicable to the ladies. And they walked them down through there. And they said, here's what you will be acquainted with. This will be your friends. These will be the people you know. If you continue to go down the road that you're going down. A lot of them young folks begin to cry. They begin to shake. And I guess that's why they entitled it Scared Straight. The people of Nineveh, when Jonah came in and told this message from God, boy, the king, <laughs> boy, we need more kings like we had over in Nineveh. Amen. He said, who knows? Who knows? If we get down here and we repent, every one of us, not just me, the king, but every one of us, will beg to God and plead to God, maybe, just maybe, He'll have mercy on us. Amen. You see, he, God was their only hope. God. That's what the world's got to see today, that God is the only hope. Right. He's the ticket out of this. Amen. Amen. You can spend money, you can go to all sorts sorts of organizations trying to get a ticket out of this. But Jesus Christ 
is the only hope. Amen. He's Amen. the only hope. Amen. Amen. Let me read you a verse. We're going to wind this thing down. Jesus thought so much of what took place over in Nineveh that he said this over in the book of Matthew. There were certain of the scribes and the Pharisees and uh, they were demanding of Jesus a sign. Show us a sign. Now keep in mind, these were, these were scribes and Pharisees. These were religious people. Show us a sign. But Jesus answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall be no sign given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now listen to, listen to what Jesus here, years after this happened, listen to what Jesus thought of the people of Nineveh. He said, The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. Because they repented at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Those people repented just by what Jonah said. We've got the Holy Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Amen. There's a greater than Jonah's here. The woman that, 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 that heard about Solomon and all his glory and nothing happened, but she go over there and see. Amen. Jesus said she will stand condemn. <coughs> Amen. This was a city. Somebody said, Preacher, there's no way that a city that is so wicked and so big as Nineveh is, there's no way uh, uh, that they can reprove uh, 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 in 40 days. I don't think it took them 40 days. I believe that that repentance and that reform started the day that Jonah brought the message Amen. to them of what God would do. Brother Roger Tankersley, I'll never forget it. said when he was lost and undone that God let him see hell as real as it was. And he said some years after he announced his call to preach and the vision of hell that God had showed him when he was under conviction and lost had kind of faded a little bit. Had kind of faded off into the corner. And I remember him saying, if I'm going to see folks repent, and believe in the Lord to the saving of their soul, then we've got to get a vision of hell. We've got to get a vision of hell. And he asked God to show him one more time, as unpleasant, as unpleasant as it is, to show him one more time, hell as real as it is. And the Lord let him see folks just falling off every day into the pits of that place. I'm glad that when the gospel was preached to me, I had gone years letting it go over my head, wasn't bothering me. But when the Lord let me see where I was, I became scared. I was scared of the devil, scared of hell. But when I begin to be scared and fear God, that's when the peace came into my life. Amen. Boy, if we can get the fear of the Lord back. 
heard somebody say the other day, years ago, even the community that was lost and didn't have anything to do with the church, even they respected the church grounds. They did because they respected it as being a special place, a holy place. And we've, we've come to the time now where folks are just, will do anything, they don't care. We've got to reach those that are dying in their sins. I saw something the other day, you've been getting us a song ready. I saw something the other day, and I don't watch a lot of news, I don't. I don't even watch a lot of Fox news because I just, uh, I get discouraged. But I had to have it on the other day and it showed two young men look to be in their late teens or early 20s. And they purposely, in their automobile, they purposely ran over I think it was a retired or off-duty policeman riding a bicycle. And they thought so much of it that they wanted to film it. So one held the cell phone and the other drove the car. This man's riding a bicycle down the side of the road and they plow him over. When the authorities got there and all was Said done, there was no remorse shown, but there was giggling and laughing from these two young men. In the courtroom, as they sat there, they looked at one another. They gave the family that sat on the other side of the courtroom, they gave them a gesture with their finger. And one of the commentators on the news said, this is not human. This is pure evil. These boys are fixed to be sentenced to life in prison. And they think it's funny. And I thought to myself, until they come to know Jesus, and his pardon for what they did. They'll die and spend an eternity in a place that will be like it. Be no laughing there or cutting up. They'll be just like the rich man that will want to warn everybody at all costs to avoid this awful. I hope and pray that those two young men, this just happened a few days ago. I hope and pray that these young men, that somebody can get to them, that somebody can get to them and tell them that their little party is fixing to be overthrown. Destruction's coming. And we hope that they will be like the people of Nineveh and they'll repent not only outwardly, but inwardly today. You may be here today. The gospel's been preached to you. You let it just bounce off. I don't know. I, I, I had done that when I was young. You may be here and say, there's nothing scares me like these two young men kind of gesture. Doesn't bother them. But our prayer is that you'll take warning that God will get wrath upon the seat of the day. He will. He will. Hollywood is having a ball. Doing all kind of things under the sun. <coughs> Thinking seemingly that they've got away with it. I'm not just picking on Hollywood. We can, we can bring that on down to some places here right close by. But I'd like to see folks get scared straight today. In the fear of God, get in them. Repent. Amen. 
And here's how merciful God is. God could have sent this message that in 40 days, this city will be overthrown. And God would have been just in doing so. Whatever they had done, He could have said, still, in 40 days, I'm going to rain fire and brimstone upon this city like I did Sodom and Gomorrah. But because God is so merciful, there's no record of the Ninevites sending up an animal sacrifice. That was common among the Jews when they had sinned and they had uh, slaughtered an animal for a sacrifice. There's no record of the Ninevites doing this. The Bible says that a broken heart and a contrite spirit, that's the sacrifice that God wants and Nineveh gave God exactly the sacrifice that he was looking for. Exactly the sacrifice that he was looking for. I believe those Ninevites from that time forward, I believe they taught their children. They said, we're going to fear God. Be God. See, there was a lot of God's worship back then. But we're going to fear the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come give us a song. I could preach another 45 minutes, but that wouldn't do you and I any good. I'm going to tell you today. 482. Whatever the need is. If you'll stand, please.